Alright, welcome back. Stop, I'm gonna make the executive decision. It's too early to play it, this song. It physically pains me to have put this song like, on. I right love now. this I'm, song. I'm, I love this song. Let it bump for a second. But it just doesn't it doesn't it's, hit it's, right I, before I, Thanksgiving. I want it to hit hard. Yeah. And the more that I'm exposed to it before Christmas, the less it hits when it's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So I want to apologize. Yeah, apologize to, to the listeners. I'm sorry, stuff. listeners. I, yeah. I am sorry. Sorry, Mimi. It's not your season yet, Mariah. <laughs> All right, welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. The Washington Commanders were involved in two of the biggest trades of the NFL trade deadline yesterday. It was at 4 p.m. was the deadline, and between 2 and 4 o'clock, Commanders traded away Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick, and then Chase Young to the San Francisco 49ers. For a third round pick. What do you think of the trades? Will it help the commanders in the future bolster this defense? Or will the defense get any worse towards the end of this season? That's the question, right? Like, can this defense get worse than 31st? I guess they could go to 32nd. I guess they could give up 40 points a game instead of 32 points a game. But it just seems like it'd be hard for this defense to get worse and... Chase Young and Montez Sweat, as talented as they may be on paper, as big and as the big as they might look, I mean, they look like legit monsters. There's monsters on every team in the NFL, and they were not successful against the Giants, against the Bears, and against the Buffalo Bills. Three stinkers this season, and the fact is, this commander's team was 2-0, and and now has only won one of their last six games, and fell to Three and five, barring an unforeseen magical second half of the season, Ron Rivera will lose his job. This is from David Aldridge. Commanders' big Tuesday was about their future, which likely won't include Ron Rivera. We take your calls and react to the trades right now. 833-804-0910 on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, I think the number one variable that you can look at for why this was a Josh Harris move and not a Ron Rivera move is that Chase Young was the signature selection of the Rivera era. He just was. The second pick in the 2020 draft, as Rivera opted to go for him over to Tagalavoa, over Justin Herbert. With the second overall pick, the Commanders went defense in a quarterback-heavy draft, and Rivera has yet to find his quarterback. Everyone wants to know, is Sam Howell going to be the guy of the future, or will the Commanders use these draft picks to help find their quarterback next season? Ian Rappaport reports that that's the $6 billion question. And everyone's wondering after yesterday's trades that Washington made. He said, I don't know if they need a quarterback. There's some people in the league that think they do not need a quarterback, that they've got Sam Howell, and he's their guy. And there's some that think they still need to draft a quarterback. So if they do need to draft a quarterback, the second rounder and the third rounder really help towards getting that guy. I believe in Sam Howell. What I don't believe in is Jack Del Rio and that defense and so 
it what's so frustrating to me is I feel like this team had enough talent to not be three and five. Problem is, it comes down to coaching. And we will never find out how good this talent team, this talented team could have been if they had better coaching. If they had a defensive coordinator that liked to blitz and like to get after people with one of the best defensive lines in football. If they had a head coach in Ron Rivera that would have put more of an emphasis on adjusting the offensive line, on getting help in the secondary, or really just the overall head coach that would hit on draft picks. Because this defense was supposed to be much improved after the selection of Emmanuel Forbes, and Forbes seems to be one of the worst players on the defense this season. It has not worked out with drafting him in the first round. Well, how about your second round pick, Ron? How's Quan Martin working out? He's playing special teams. That's not good enough for a second rounder at all. And then your third round pick, Ricky Stromberg. You're not using him in his correct position. He was the number one ranked center in the SEC, the best conference in college football. Now you've moved him over to guard. You drafted another guard, Braden Daniels. He hasn't seen the field. He hasn't sniffed the field. And so Ron Rivera is the reason that this team is 3-5. and five. He has been holding this team back. And so that is why it's hard for me as a fan, as a diehard fan, to look at the future with his trade here because I believe, and I really believe this, that if they had a better head coach, then this defense could have been top 10. That Montez Sweat and Chase Young could have had 10 sacks by now, combined. If it wasn't for Jack Del Rio's bend but don't break stupid system that all it does is lose games. And Ron Rivera is Mr. Play to Lose. Play not to lose. That's what he is. He doesn't play to win at all. And so I, I sit here reacting to the trade and I'm frustrated. I want to look to the future. And I do believe that having five picks in the first 150 picks next year is going to help this team for the future. But there's so many things that we have to do before that. First, we've got to get Ron Rivera out the building. They've got to fire Ron Rivera. Then they've got to bring in a new general manager. That has to be the first step. And then that GM has to bring in a coach. And then that coach has to decide if they want to try to develop Sam Howell or to find a new quarterback. If you do not follow that order of operations of GM to coach to quarterback, you end up in the situation you're in right now. And it's just not working out. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Let's go to Jerry in Chesterfield. Jerry, what are your reactions to the commander's trade yesterday? Yeah, hey, hey, Wad. Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, look, I just had a quick quick tidbit. I, I'm not a fan of the trade. And you know what? I'm done with Rivera. I think Rivera is over. We need a new, we need a new system. We need a new start, man. Yeah. I'm with you, dude. And so that's what's so frustrating about this trade is I get it. It was a Josh Harris move, but I, I would have rather fired Ron Rivera than traded both those guys, right? I'm with you. And you know what? I, I stayed up all night thinking about it. I, I think I got a solution. I think I came up with a solution. Okay. We bring in we bring in Bill Cower. I'm talking Bill Cower, Smash Mode Football. We, we build up on Bill Cower, baby. You know, I, I always admired Bill Cower and, and the work that he did in Pittsburgh. And, and you know what? If he was the head coach, this team would run the ball a lot more than they do right now. I just don't know if he's going to be able to team up with Eric Bieniemy. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think it could be two heads colliding, but I, I just think he—I think he's been wanting to come back. I think he could be the guy. But, uh, but you know, hey, and hey, I love the show, man. I'm, I'm merging on the pole right now. I'm gonna have to run a little short, but I love the show, man. Keep it up, baby. All right, I appreciate you calling in. Thanks so much. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Reacting to the trades yesterday as the Commanders move on from both Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And Stubb, I would not have predicted this. Like, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, and I truly thought that Sweat and Young were going to battle to the death. And one of them would be casualty of the offseason. One of them would sign a free agency contract somewhere else, and one of them would get the bag, would secure the bag in Washington. But the fact is, this team is 3-5, and five, and the defense is so bad that they just decided, why do we need these guys? Are we still getting our three-game win streak? Um... You know, Michael Phillips believes we got to take it one game at a time. All right. Okay. I so just, you, I think you we can beat the yesterday. Patriots. I did. I predicted it Monday also, and I want everyone to know when this team is six and five that Awad called it. All right. But okay. when this team is three and eight, you got to call in and, and call me out. <laughs> I just wanted to you know, know because here's the thing: is, somebody tweeted me this yesterday, right? And, and and I get these tweets all the time, and and I do. I love the support from the Awad Army at Awad Radio, A W A D D. But this guy tweeted me, and he said. I need the media to stop treating these guys on the team like they're the best and most talented players in the NFL. And I and he said all of the quote unquote experts in DC sports media believed that this defense would be top 10. And I had to say to him, "Look, I'm not an expert. I'm a diehard fan who is a season ticket holder for 17 years." So obviously Things are blurred when I look at this franchise. Mm. And I'm going to most of the time pick them to win. But I also read all the articles of the experts, and all the experts did believe that this defense was supposed to be good. Year four of Jack Del Rio's system. It's it's mind-boggling why they've been so bad. And I think part of it is the explosive plays have come back to bite them in the butt. And also, we've played against some darn good football teams. We've already played the Eagles twice. They went to the Super Bowl. we played the Bills. Um... I think the Bears are better than people expected uh, them to be, at least defensively. And, and so, yeah, I mean, the schedule's been tough on the Commanders, and it's not going to get much easier against the Patriots, the Seahawks, and the Giants. But I do believe, amidst all this controversy and the trades, they're going to come together as a locker room. Terry McLaurin will have a bounce-back game, and they'll get the win. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Andrew tweets me, Nothing to see here. Everything is positive. You can always tweet me throughout the show at AWOD Radio or call in 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So the Washington Commanders at 3-5 and five do have a game this weekend against the New England Patriots, but they will have a... New look on the defensive line with it looking like James Smith-Williams and F.A. Obata lining up in the positions of Chase Young and Montez Sweat with Casey Tuhill subbing in. And, of course, we'll see how they use the Cinco package. Could we see Jonathan Allen more on the outside now without Sweat and Young to help out against the Patriots' rush attack and force Mac Jones to beat you? Everyone wanted Josh Harris to make a move. Right, that's that's a big part uh, of the trade deadline that we haven't talked about. Right, is that this is a team that was two and zero, 
and lost the next three games, got to two and three, including Thursday night football stinker. Then you beat the Falcons, but then you lose to the Giants, right? And, And then you lose to the Eagles. And now you've officially lost five of your last six. And so a season that started so bright, 2-0, and finally a fast start in the Ron Rivera era the first time, has fallen back to the typical Ron Rivera fashion of being a couple games below 500, winning a few games in November, and being just about 500 at the end of the season, either 7-9 and or 8-8-1 and like last season. So we all wanted Josh Harris to make a move. So he did. I think we need to applaud him for that. The fact that Josh Harris, the owner of the Sixers and the Commanders, traded James Harden, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young in a 24-hour span tells you everything you need to know about the owner. He's picking up the phones and working the lines, and I think we got to give him credit. Getting a second and a third round pick for these two guys is decent. Fact is, they're rentals for their new teams, as they're going to have to earn a payday after the season. The thing that's so frustrating to me is that we'll never find out how good this defense could have been, but I guess they had all the opportunities in the world. It's not like eight games is a tiny sample size, right? This is a defense that's ranked 31st. The statistics prove that they weren't good enough. So why would you pay guys that simply are not good enough? Now, I've been saying I didn't think Ron Rivera makes it to Thanksgiving. After these trades, I kind of feel like Josh Harris will just let the season play out, and if Rivera's team bottoms out, he'll be okay with that. I really think he's not going to end up firing Ron Rivera this season because of the fact that he's traded away a few of his defensive players, and it's not like we want Jack Del Rio to take over, and Eric Bieniemy's already dealing with enough trying to train a rookie quarterback in Sam Howell. Let me repeat, we started this season by saying it's a win, it's a win this season because Dan Snyder's no longer the owner. We Then we started saying it's a win this season if we can find out who our franchise quarterback is. So is it still a win this season if we end up 3-14, and 14, but Sam Howell statistically is a top-10 quarterback and is making strides week in and week out? That's the question I have. 833-804-0910. Is it still a win this season if you lose all the rest of your games but you figure out your quarterback situation with Sam Howell? 833-804-0910. Let's go back to the phone lines. We've got Coach in Richmond. What's going on, Coach? What's up, a Coach, I-, I might have to give you a prize here. Three straight days calling in. That's a round of applause right there, man. Thank you. Yes, yes, sir. You know I was going to call today. Today is a great day. <laughs> so what were your thoughts, man? Yeah, man, I'm glad we finally got rid of that bum, Josh McDaniels. I'm glad he's <laughs> on the door. Dude, he's so a bum. did, did he's you? The, he's did, a bum. He's from the... He's, he's from the Belichick tree, and I have yet to see one of these guys prove me wrong that they were just riding Tom Brady's coattails. <laughs> so Coach is a Raiders fan. He's been calling in. Coach, did you see the story that McDaniels found out he was fired off of a fortune cookie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I <laughs> now, I, I haven't been running with it because I don't know if it's true or not, but I've been seeing online that uh, as for Halloween, he dressed up as the owner and then was given a fortune cookie that said you're fired. I mean, take me through your frustrations as a Raiders fan here because McDaniels was given his second opportunity to take control of a franchise the second time he failed, right? He did it with the Broncos, failed, went back to New England and Bill Belichick, and then had this other opportunity with the Raiders and failed once again. 
Yes, he did, man. He pooped the bed twice. You know, I ain't going to say the other word, but he pooped the bed twice. And he, he got what he deserved. He got the boot, you know. Uh, we've been in a rough situation. Like, we, we take two steps forward and four steps back constantly, you know. And with uh, us and the commanders, we kind of tied in this thing together, you know. Uh, I, I used to like Jack Del Real before we decided to move on to John Green. Rude, excuse yeah. me. You know, and then... uh. Because he actually made a turnaround during that time, and you remember when he was with us. Yeah. You know, he was, uh, yeah, he had, he, had, he had us back on the map. He put us back on the map, but then we gave him the boot, too. Well, so, I'm gonna but be, we've been making some bad decisions. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I used to really like Jack Del Rio, too, even going back to his time in Jacksonville. I think the issue with Jack is that the game has passed him by and that his schemes yeah. worked in the 90s and early 2000s, but they don't work in 2023. I can't disagree with you, man. There's a couple guys like that. They got to catch up with some of these new offensive coordinators. These guys putting that thing together. So the Raiders announced they're going to go with Aiden O'Connell. Coach, who the hell is Aiden O'Connell? <laughs> yeah, he's our rookie. He's a rookie, but he actually led the preseason in yards uh, in passing and completions, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But uh, his, last de- his last debut, he didn't look that great. But, uh, I was actually pushing for him to start because I already knew the outcome with uh, Garoppolo, you know, with him being injured. I, I had no plans of him making it through the halfway through the season. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm with you. He's just got to step back, close his eyes, and throw it up to Devontae Adams. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with you all. And for y'all, I think this season overall is going to be a win as long as y'all found y'all QB because y'all needed a QB for a long time now going back to uh, – RG3, when he got hurt, or even back to the, what's that guy that came from Kansas City, and they used to say he was a game manager. Alex Smith, yeah. Call his name. Alex Smith. Alex, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, you're right. Even he wasn't that great, he wasn't that great of a quarterback, but he, he did a good job managing the game and getting, you know, doing a little, I think he was the best quarterback y'all had since, you know, since then. Absolutely. Good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. That's the thing about Sam Howell, what is very positive, is even after a losing effort against the Eagles, he's top of the charts for the statistics from last week. He's involved in all the highlights that the NFL's showing, like the Jahan Dotson double-move touchdown, the Terry McLaurin catch in the first quarter. It seems like NFL Network – ESPN and all the other networks that cover the NFL have really decided that even in a loss, we're going to highlight Sam Howell because of his incredible performance, putting up 400 yards. And NFL insider Ian Rappaport is on NFL Network right now talking about the Washington Commanders reacting to their trades and had this to say about the future this season for Ron Rivera. I would agree with that. Now, it does seem like Ron Rivera is in a pretty good place this morning. Obviously, you never want to trade away two of your best players, but it doesn't feel, feel at least in the building, from what I understand, like it's just, all right, we're giving up. I think Ron Rivera knew this was coming in some form or fashion and is okay and on board with it. But you're right. I mean, Josh Harris has his fingerprints all over this. Just 24 hours before, he traded James Harden to the Clippers at like 2.40 in the morning. I woke up to all these texts. I'm like, some football tra- Oh, basketball trade? That's weird. It's the trade deadline. Anyway, um, it's pretty clear that he wants to start over with some resources. I don't know whether or not they're going to need a quarterback. I know there's certainly people in the building who think they don't. There may be other people who think they do. If they do need a quarterback, the second rounder, the third rounder helps get toward that. At least it's ammunition to build with going forward. Yeah, that's the next step for the commanders, right? 
So you trade away your defensive ends. You bring in draft capital. Now you've got to figure out if Sam Howell is your quarterback. And if not, you got to hire a GM and then a new coach and have him hand-select the quarterback in this year's NFL draft. And there's an interesting tidbit that came out from the San Francisco Chronicle. Michael Silver was on the case for the 49ers covering the trade deadline and the move to get Chase Young. He said this. Young, according to several commanders' coaches and other organizational sources, was viewed as an undisciplined player who developed bad habits such as deviating from assignments in an effort to make splash plays. And we even heard the same thing from Ben Standig here locally that many are saying that the trade of Chase Young is actually addition by subtraction. Moving on from the defensive end, Chase Young, and having guys that will do their job. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the first of the month. It is Wednesday, November 1st, and I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio, Richmond's home for the Hokies. And joining us right now for the Cowan Gates Hokies update, as he does every Wednesday at 1.30, it's the play-by-play voice of the Hokies, Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Good to talk with you. How's everything in Richmond today? It's chilly in Blacksburg. It's going to be chilly in Louisville on Saturday. But we have a uh, red-hot football team and an invigorated fan base after what we saw at home over the last month for Tech football. Absolutely, and, and we should start by going back to next thir- last Thursday. I mean, wire-to-wire victory. Just The team looked so good uh, against Syracuse, 30-3 to at halftime. I mean, that says it all. <laughs> yeah, they played great. The crowd had a lot to do with it, I think. Clearly, Tech's defense has turned the corner. It's pulled a 180. And the offense has been really good. You know, over the last five games, with drones at quarterback, the Hokies are getting 415 yards a game offensively. They're averaging 210 yards on the ground running. And that included that game at Florida State, in which Tech ran for over 200 yards. So they're using a lot of the option, the misdirection. Uh, They've added even more to that. It's a different offense. You know, what they ran against Wake was really unique. They added even more for the Syracuse game. We saw, what, three trick plays in the first quarter. Uh, So they're doing a lot of fun things offensively. They're a really fun team to watch. But that was at home, and now the Hokies are going on the road to play a Louisville team that's won nine straight on its home field going back to last year. Uh, They're a tough out anywhere, but even harder at home. You know, they beat Notre Dame two weeks ago. They beat uh, Duke, a, a ranked team, shut them out last week. So... This is the hottest team in the league that the Hokies are facing Saturday afternoon. What is the history of Virginia Tech going to Louisville? Not a lot. I mean, they joined the ACC, and we've only been there once. Tech won the game a few years ago. Hooker had a big first half, and Tech won, I think, 41-21, to something like that. Uh, They've only played nine times all time, and the Hokies have won six of the eight. That included a Gator Bowl win in 05. Uh, but it's funny, you know, they, you know, Lamar Jackson never played the Hokies. He was a Heisman winner and a Heisman runner-up. Saw him. So it's almost like they haven't been to Lane Stadium since they joined the ACC. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's, there's a little bit of an unknown. Jeff Rom, 
You know, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, a hometown kid from Louisville, left Purdue. He's now the head coach. Uh, he, he's done an amazing job. They've got a lot of really good players, a lot of transfer portal guys. You know, you look at their key guys, they're, they all started somewhere else, and now they're at Louisville. Uh, but Brahm's done a really nice job in the first year, and Louisville got a bit of a break, you know, in the schedule. They're missing most of the top of the half of the league yeah. in, the, in the way the schedule breaks out. And we're going to see even more of that starting next year with the new schedule format with 17 teams in the conference. You, you, you play eight conference games. If it breaks right, you, you might not play the top six teams in the league. And, and uh, you know, the standings say one thing, but you know, you know, you're not playing Clemson and you're not playing Miami and you know, you're not playing North Carolina. You look at it and you go, well, who's going to beat them? And so that's why I think, you know, the Hokies are kind of similar too. I mean, Tech's sitting there at three and one, and, and, but now they're playing a really, really good team, a ranked team, a top 15 club on the road. This is the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth, play-by-play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies. You can hear their games right here on 910 The Fan as Virginia Tech has won three straight at home. Question is now, can they win on the road? And we've been talking a lot about the offensive side of the ball, the ability to run the ball, but how about the fact that Tech has 15 sacks in the last two games? And 30 on the year. That leads the league. They're fourth in the country in sacks. I think it comes back to run defense. What they're doing is, and the crowd helped this too, and I I know people probably say, stop talking about the crowd. But it really impacts. I mean, it's it's funny. Hokies win the toss and defer. Syracuse says, we'll take the ball. And, and so Virginia Tech says, we want to defend the south end zone. This this happens all the time. So the other team, after a touchback, they're working like right in the midst of the Virginia Tech band and student section. And, and, and what happens? It happened against Pitt. It happened against Wake. And it happened last week, right? False starts holding, intentional grounding, safety, right? Then you get the ball back, false start, sack, sack. And, and what happens is it just feeds off its, itself, and the Hokies score three times before Syracuse gets a first down. I think what happens is if, if you're always in, well, I mean, Syracuse found themselves in like second and 28 a bunch. You know, you're throwing the ball a lot. And so if you're APR, Antoine Power Island, you, you're just – you know, pinning your ears back and going after the quarterback. And that's what happened. It, it just became a frenzy. Use any metaphor you want, piranhas, whatever. If, it, if it's second and 26 or second and 18, and you're, you're, you're trying to call plays with the marching Virginians 15 yards behind you, we got to get you to Lane Stadium, Adam. Oh, I've, I've been. And, uh, and I always say, the people that say stop talking about the crowd – they just simply haven't been to a game at Lane Stadium in Blacksburg. And the thing is this, and the Syracuse coach, Coach Babers, was saying that was a real hostile crowd. And I'm like, that was Tech's smallest crowd of the year. That was the first game that wasn't sold out. Yeah. But it was still over 60,000, and it's at night. And we got a really good band. And we got 17,000 students, and they're all right there in that north end zone. And they understand the game. And, and once you see the first false start, and once you see the first – center having the heebie-jeebies, uh, they, 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 they pick up on that. And so I don't know what you do. I mean, if you're the other team, do you, do you, do you kick off and defend the other end zone? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But working in front of that student section in the first quarter was really hard for them. And I think the cumulative thing, that's, that's, my, that's my end game here, is that when you get the other team behind the sticks and they have to throw, 
whether you're whether you're Pitt, whether you're Wake, whether you're Syracuse, your your quarterback is a sitting duck back there. Yeah, and and that is what happened. That is what happened. Now, this week you're on the road. There is no student section and enter Sandman and marching Virginians and Lane Stadium crowd. Louisville gets all that. Louisville gets that advantage. And they've been really they they're the same thing. I'm looking at it right now. They've outscored their opponents 62 to 7 in the first quarter in 8 games. In 8 games, Louisville has only allowed one team to score in the first quarter. So, they're a quick starting team. They play with the lead, right? You you got to get through the first quarter. And and coaches pick up on that. They watch the tape. They go, "Why is everybody going into Louisville whether it's Notre Dame or Duke or whomever?" And nothing gets done in the first quarter, and you're behind. And I think that is going to be, without question, the key to this game Saturday. A 0-0 game after the first quarter, let the crowd settle in, let, let things settle down a little bit, then you, got a, then you got a shot. But, you know, if you recall the Florida State game, Adam, the Hokies went down there, and it was 22 nothing Florida State in the first quarter. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. And then the Hokies came back, they made it 22-17. In the third, like in the second half, it's like, all right, now we fought all the way back. It's a one-score game. It's the third quarter. But then the Knowles turned it on again. I, I don't know that, that you want to get into that habit of trying to rally. It was like that World Series game last night. You, you give up five in the second and five in the third. You know, what are your odds of winning? And I, I think I would like, how about that? Can I ask? for all I want this weekend, can I have a 0-0 game after the first quarter? <laughs> Is that weird? You know what I'm saying? Let's yeah. just let's just not let Louisville go wacko crazy, play the fight song every six minutes like they've been doing at home, uh, and 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 get through the quarter and knock them around a little bit and let our kids settle in, and then I think we could have a ball game. I, I really do. I, mean, I agree. It's, it's going to be, but you you can't spot them these points and let their defense do to Tech what Tech did to Syracuse. You don't want to fall behind them and have to throw the ball the whole game because the Hokies have been running it. The one-two punch of Tootin and Thomas is dynamite. Um, and I'm not saying play conservative football here. I'm not saying don't come out and run trick plays like the Hokies did last week. I'm saying you, you don't want to be so far behind after the first 15 minutes that you've, you've ruined your shot of winning the game. You're so right, and I'm so happy to to see Kyron Drone succeed this season as the starting quarterback, both running and throwing the ball, but he has help. The offensive line play has improved, and you mentioned the one-two punch with Tootin and Malachi Thomas. How would you compare and contrast those two running backs? You know, if, if Malachi Thomas had never gotten hurt last year, I think 22 might have been a different season. I, I think he's incredibly talented, and a strong guy. I think with Tootin, he's a his lower body strength is unbelievable. Uh he he's as he has a chance to be a really elite running back in the ACC. And I think that's why after his incredible year last year at North Carolina A&T, you saw Jeff Halfley at BC go so hard to get him and you saw Pat Narduzzi at Pitt go so hard to get him and why the Hokies went so hard to get him like you could kind of tell, like, that guy's playing at the wrong level. He, you know, North Carolina a is terrific. they got a nice team, good program down there in Greensboro. He, he should be playing in our league, and I think everyone knew that. And that was a great transfer portal pickup for the Hokies, Coach Pry. By the way, here's another stat for you. You talk about a great job in the portal. 
This year, Virginia Tech offensively has scored 23 touchdowns for the season through its first eight games. All 23 touchdowns this season have been scored by transfer portal acquisitions. All 23. Coach Pride deserves so much credit for that. And that doesn't include, you know, I mean, Drones has thrown seven touchdowns, and he's, you know, he transferred from Baylor. Yeah. So, I mean, they've done a really good job on the skill side, right? I mean, now, there's a lot of contributions from kids that that signed with Tech out of high school on both sides of the ball. But in terms of the the touchdowns, it's all been portal kids. Bill, always appreciate the time. Kickoff, 3.30, pregame broadcast, 1.30? 1.30 from Louisville, Kentucky. The, The winner gets sole possession of second in the ACC and controls its destiny. Meaning, if it wins the next three, it'll play in the ACC championship game against Florida State. Yeah, the if they the win the next, if they game. win the next two, I'm going to have to find a way to get to uh, <laughs> Blacksburg for NC State. I'm going to have. It's, to it's hard there. to look ahead like that. It's hard, and I know that you know North Carolina fans are shaking their heads like we got this great team, we got a once in a generation quarterback. This is the best we've had, and then they get bopped by UVA and Georgia Tech, and now they got two losses. Yeah. And, 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 and the Hokies don't have to go near Chapel Hill. <laughs> See, that's the thing, the unbalanced thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The Hokies don't have to worry about Florida State because of these two losses. But, but there's a big B here. They got Hokies have three out of four on the road here. Yeah. And, and not, not one of them is going to be easy. I mean, it's going to be tough to win any of the four, let alone all of the four. So you got to be a little bit realistic about it. But it's so cool. And I'm so proud of this team and these players after a one and three start, after a one and three start, to be playing a meaningful, legitimate, meaningful game in, in November. When the weather's cold and the magnitude is higher and the TV cameras are brighter and there's a lot to play for. This isn't, oh, they got nothing to lose. No, this, these, these are now high stakes football games where you have everything to lose. And so we'll see what type of uh, performance the Hokies put. I'm just glad to be there, and I'm glad Tech's playing a meaningful November game. Me too. It's great for the program. Bill, great stuff, man. Talk to you next week. See you, man. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Linnell Willingham will join us to talk about the Commanders' trades at 2.30, and we'll go around the NFL at 2 p.m. with Mark Schofield. But I need to admit something, Stubb, that might bring the show to a screeching halt. All right? And this took place after the show yesterday. So you were here after the show, right? And we had, uh, you know, we had the company party for Halloween, right? Right. And uh, I brought you up a plate, right? I I, I take care of the producer. You do. You always bring me food. I brought you pizza, wings... Uh, did I come back for dessert, or did I forget to get you dessert? I, I said no to dessert. You, you said no forget. to dessert, but I was ready to get you cookies. All right, so after the show, I went downstairs to see what kind of leftovers they had, right? Okay. Because they always throw these fancy parties right at 12 noon. It's like they throw the parties to make sure that AWOD's fat ass can't attend it, right? Oh, AWOD's on air at 12? Everyone gather in the conference room at 12.05. So yeah, they had, you know, they had pizza, they had wings, they had candy, they had chocolate, they had brownies. So I'm thinking there's going to be leftovers, right? Mm. So I went downstairs, and um, this is like inside the station for people listening, right? Go down the stairs, got to go through the newsroom, guys. They're always eyeing me when I walk by. They're always <laughs> trying to get a hot sports take out of me. <laughs> oh, hey, one. So is it LeBron or Jordan today? Who do you like more? So I walk past the newsroom, guys. All right, get past 
uh, our boss, the voice of God, Zach McHugh, and I get to the back kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. And in the back kitchen, there was leftover pizza. And I ate a pizza that I had never eaten before. Okay. It was chicken, bacon, pineapple. And I'm usually out on pineapple pizza. But this was cold pizza, had been in the fridge. It was the greatest pizza I've ever had. I mean, there's something about the cold pineapples mixed with the chicken and the bacon. It was so delicious. Maybe I was just hungry from doing a three-hour show. I had three slices on my way out the door, Stubb. I, three I of can, them. I think I can see that. You know, because I'm out on the pineapple on pizza, too. Yeah. It's never been for me. But something about a cold pizza... It doesn't it's, matter. It's different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you're just... A cold pizza, you're eating for sustenance, and yeah. like that's it. You're yeah. not, you're not enjoying a pizza. You're going. Is, I'm. That's how, <laughs> how fat I was, right? So I grabbed a slice. I said, "Oh, Zach, they got extra pizza in here." And I went back to my office, sat down, and ate it. And then I was like, "That was actually really good." There's no way that I actually loved the pineapple pizza. I had to go check to make sure my taste buds weren't pulling a trick on me, a little Halloween trick or treat on me. So I had another slice. It slapped even harder. It was so good that my fat ass snuck past Zach one more time, went into the kitchen, <laughs> grabbed a napkin, and one more slice out the door. <laughs> and you and and that was the leftover pizza too. Leftover so that means pizza. you know that that it's not the one that people were going for. Right? No, no. There was Supreme Pizza in there as well. I don't uh, like olives. No, Couldn't I hate do olives. That. Um, all right. So while we're hungry, let's see if we can do a little uh, spontaneous dude food here on AWOD Radio. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes. How can he piss off a flip flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude food. All right, I am very happy to announce that we are continuing our partnership here at AWOD Radio 910 The Fan with the American River Restoration and Kitchen 33, the meat capital of Glen Allen. I went there today to meet with the owner, Chris, and I posted the videos on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Stub. I got to cut the brisket, got to slice it thin, slice it fat, tried the burnt ends. Uh, it's just so darn good. Uh, it, I always have a great time when I go out to visit them. The meat capital of Glen Allen, Kitchen 33. So I brought home uh, some extra brisket Ooh. Uh, to give you something to walk out the door with today. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I haven't been. And I was I was looking, while you were doing the read, I was looking at the menu today because yeah. I haven't done that yet. And <laughs> I, I think I got to go. Yeah, you definitely do. Uh, it's off of Mountain Road, off of 295. And uh, speaking of food, this is an interesting article from Chew Boom. Chick-fil-A. Now, we always do the debate with Chick-fil-A. Is it the best chicken sandwich? I say yes. You say? I say no. You say no. What, you like Wendy's? Maybe. A, no, 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 no. Oh, oh my what do you God. Like, no. like a Popeye's. Oh, come on. Popeye's like is so damn breaded. It feels like, you, I, you feels like I you're like full bread. for three I like, days. I, that's what I want. You do like bread. No, I wouldn't say Wendy's. <laughs> that would be that would be ridiculous. You do, if there's anyone that likes carbs, it's stuff. All right? <laughs> so Chick-fil-A, the chicken capital of America is testing burgers and and bone-in wings at the restaurant in College Park, Maryland. So not far away if you the, wanted to drive down there. This is a branding nightmare, and it makes me mad. So you're not in on them trying no, burgers. They, their whole brand are, are these cows yeah. that say eat more. And eat then more you're going to sell a burger to me? And, yeah, that's no a good way. point. That's a good point. Are they going to change their mascot, possibly? Is it worth it for a burger? You know, I... It's they have they have their grip on the market. 
You know? Yeah. I, I don't think they need to delve into this. So what it is is they're testing burgers and bone-in wings uh, where the brand little, opened a Little Blue menu, which is a virtual restaurant concept, allowing fans of Chick-fil-A to order all the Chick-fil-A classics alongside bone-in wings and burgers via digital ordering only. And, and so the Chick-fil-A founder um, believes that they needed to test innovative new menu items i i will agree that i think chick-fil-a has gotten a little stale recently like they because they flopped with their pimento cheese chicken sandwich with honey. i did i did not try that you that, heard about it though right i did hear about it yeah multiple friends of mine went and said not good i haven't been in a minute to chick-fil-a now exactly. i think about it it's i told just you kinda... i haven't been in a while since i had a bad case of yeah. the um of the uh, chicken noodle soup mm. all right which I, i've known Got to stay away from fast food soup. That was yeah, that was a mistake on my like part. Panera, I take the L but, for that one. Um, but yeah, I haven't been back to Chick Fil A as often as I used to go, and, and so maybe I, I'm so you're, I'm with you on the burger. Like I, I'm not interested in their burger. I no. like how their cow says eat more chicken, but the bone in wings I would assume are going to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean it's it, you know at least it's still chicken, yeah. right? I, I think, you know, places like Zaxby's have a decent fast food wing. Yeah. It's not impossible to, to do. And no. Chick-fil-A has a, like, in terms of, like, making food, it's a higher quality than I would say most fast food Most fast food, yeah, because I consider them quick stop, not fast food, right? So, like, I worked at a Quiznos growing up. That's a quick stop. Subway, oh, this is a new quick stop. Oh, you don't, even, you don't know about the difference between no, this, quick stop I, I've and never fast heard of food. a quick stop. Oh, okay. Well, Chick-fil-A kind of goes over the line for both because they have a drive through menu. Most quick stops, you have to park the car and go inside. And, and Chick-fil-A has perhaps the most efficient drive through Oh, yeah. Have you been and to Them the... and Checkers, because Checkers also does two lines. Yeah, there's one in... Have you been to Westchester Commons? I don't think down so. Down in Midlow? That is perhaps the most tightly run Chick-fil-A in the whole world. Really? Dude, during COVID, <laughs> they got those two lines. They got the people standing out there, taking your orders. It... It's a it's the military in there. Uh, yeah. No, they're, they're great at that. And they always say, uh, when you say thank you, they say... You don't know the bit? Oh, my. Go to Chick-fil-A today. Say thank you. And they're going to say, my pleasure. Oh, right. And we used to do the bit in high school where we'd we'd have a competition who could say thank you the most. And the guys would be, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. All right, just leave. My pleasure, my pleasure. Because if the boss is watching and they don't say my pleasure, they get like a a deduction. You you sound like a nightmare to have been friends with as a kid. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't fun to go to uh, Chipotle with me either. I, w- I would make you get a-, a water cup and fill it with Sprite because I was too scared to do it. <laughs> um, but this, look, trying bone-in wings I do think will be good for marketing because of the fact that the pimento cheese one bombed so hard. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it- it's like they're t- every time I go to a Chick-fil-A, the line's out the door. Yeah. So I don't, they so don't even need something to good. do, they don't need these yeah. new menu items. But speaking of marketing, you know what new... And I don't know if this is new, but I've seen the newer commercials. I'm obsessed with this marketing scheme from Buffalo Wild Wings. All right. I think their their logo's always been a buffalo. But now it's like a giant buffalo in these commercials with wings. Have you seen that? No. And he's like he's like betting on sports games and he's going around and he's disrupting things and he's bumping things over. I am obsessed with the new Buffalo Wild Wings Buffalo. I love it. I'll check it out. I I love B Dubs. <laughs> yeah, B Dubs. I'm is all a fun in spot. on on the on the B Dubs. Yeah, I, I I always loved their commercials too, where they were like, you could change the outcome of a game by going to B Dubs. 
That was like, I love brilliant marketing like yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I guess I just haven't been, unless it's like a YouTube ad or a, like a Hulu ad, it, I'm not seeing it. I see it a bunch on YouTube TV. I'll tell you okay, that. Okay, yeah, I'm not. All right, so check it out during the commercial break. Maybe you can uh, give us your thoughts hey. next segment. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.